This is TCE Theology and Current Events number 33. The greater good is not a Catholic moral system. You know, I'm going to try to not get in the habit of doing this much, but this is again my blog from earlier this week. It's just such an important topic that I wanted this on the go for the people who don't have the time to read my blog, but I will link it in the show notes. How many of you ever heard even priests say that you have to do something since COVID started especially, something for the greater good of the community. We're going to take a look at that term, greater good now, and see if it's even Catholic. We'll start with eugenics. What are eugenics? Eugenics, the notion that the strong can kill the weak, is built on the philosophy that population reduction may have to be done for the greater good of society. It's built on the part of Darwinian evolution called natural selection and survival of the fittest. Under this philosophy, the Nazi Holocaust was simply a moral attempt to cleanse their own society of weaker Jews for the greater good of society, as the Nazis might say. Why then do so many on the left today say that we have to make decisions on COVID for the greater good? Now, in their defense, liberals do not want another Holocaust, and proportionate decisions in bioethics can be made under extremely limited criteria. So let's jump into those limited criteria to see if we can apply the notion of the greater good for global decisions on COVID. We'll start with non-COVID examples and examples not as extreme as the Holocaust. The only time I am aware of in Catholic moral theology where one can proportionately weigh two bad outcomes in a utilitarian manner is when the initial actions include doing no evil. For example, if a paramedic has to triage casualties in a mass casualty incident like, say, a terrorist event or a plane wreck, he may choose to treat certain people while refraining from treating others who are about to die. This is permitted even by classic Catholic morality since refraining from treatment of a patient is not necessarily an immoral decision. Thus, one can proportionately weigh who is most likely to live in the initial stages of triage. But this is not the same thing as eugenics for two reasons. One, eugenics has the intention of killing the weaker people simply because they are weak. And two, there are not limited medical resources in cases of eugenics, but rather it's purposefully withheld resources. Unlike mass casualty incidents where not everyone can be saved. So for example, imagine say a low flying plane wreck. I say low flying because in a full plane wreck from 40,000 feet, you're gonna have no survivors. So imagine in a low-flying plane wreck with many casualties that are not found as immediate fatalities. Imagine an overwhelmed emergency medical system in triage. Well, that's unlike that earlier example of eugenics because, again, there is no intention of killing weak people, even if they happen to die. This is the whole do-no-harm business. And also, there are often limited medical resources and mass casualty incidents. That's just reality. Even if people like to say you should save everyone, reality doesn't always work out like that. So EMS can morally triage, that is decide who's most likely to live in an event with dozens of casualties. And even though this is heart-wrenching for us in EMS, such difficult decisions of first responders do not violate Catholic moral principles. Good triage, which is literally deciding who's going to live, that does not fall into the moral theology error of consequentialism or proportionalism. What are consequentialism and proportionalism? Even Pope John Paul II explained that consequentialism 
claims to draw the criteria of the rightness of a given way of acting solely from a calculation of foreseeable consequences deriving from a given choice and that proportionalism weighs the various values and goods being sought, focuses rather on the proportion acknowledged between the good and bad effects of that choice with a view to the greater good or lesser evil actually possible in a particular situation. That's very tight to splendor number 75. So notice right there that even Pope John Paul II condemned this notion of just aiming for the greater good. Now, how does this apply to COVID and all that the globalists are doing nearly two years after we, we were told two weeks to flatten the curve? Well, the first reason we should all be against this COVID-19 uh, cooties poke is that it's abortion-tainted. The second is because it's not necessary for your health. And the third is because it's doing a lot of damage to people. But let's say, just for the sake of argument, that the uh, Fauci-ouchi, let's say it were safe for the unborn and actually worked on adults, could we then take it for the greater good? Well, if those imaginary premises were granted, then we could indeed proportionately weigh the outcomes of this worldwide serum program only because the initial moral decisions included doing nothing evil. But even then, the amazing thing is that the jabs and the masks and even social distancing fail morally even under this broken proportionalist greater good appraisal. Why? Because even if the globalists had the science on their side, which they don't, the effects on our society from such medicines and lockdowns, again, assuming they work, an imaginary premise I'm just granting for the sake of an argument, is still outweighed by the depression, the job loss, and the suicide rates that have come upon our entire globe since this panic began. You see, the greater good is essentially proportionality or utilitarianism. The greater good is nothing else except making decisions that benefit the majority of a population to the deficit of the minority. In this case, it's actually the benefit of the minority, the elite, to the deficit of the majority. It's obviously an immoral system of morality. But even if it were to be granted as a valid moral system, and even if the jab and the masks were proved to be moral in and of themselves, and even if they were found effective in this imaginary world I'm putting together, we still could not use such items in a solid Catholic morality system to tackle a virus with a 99.92% survival rate. The greater good, as if that were the end-all be-all of Catholic morality, and even Pope John Paul II just showed, it, showed us that it was no good, still does not include dangerous serums and lockdowns causing suicides. So while Catholics forget that the end does not justify the means, this is the basic tenet of all moral theology, there is an evangelical woman on Facebook named Conservative Mama with over 200,000 followers, and she understands the hazards of this greater good garbage, as she posted the following on Facebook last week. She wrote, Who exactly is better off? Is it the small shop owner who poured all they had into a business only to have it shut down? Is it for the nurse who lost her job because she made a personal choice on her health? Is it for the truck driver that has already been infected, recovered, and has natural immunity, but doesn't want what the government says he must take? Is it the church that closed its doors to those who needed the church most? Is it for the woman who is in stage 4 breast cancer because she was afraid to go to the doctor to have it checked out because of the pandemic? Is it for the child who is deaf and reads lips, who feels isolated now more than ever? Is it for the married couple arguing over who and what to believe through this circus act? 
Is it for the doctor stripped of his license because he dared to stand up to Big Pharma? Is it for that mom and pop pharmacy terrified to fill what they know works? Is it for the single mom who doesn't want to inject herself with something she does not want but feels forced to in order to keep her job? Is it the dad that has been let go because he wouldn't compromise his faith? I honestly want to know who benefits from the greater good. Who is the beneficiary?